Good evening, everyone. And uh, we say good evening today because obviously we moved the show. I hope you've all been notified of the check time change. And the reason we've done that is to keep this live and interactive. Jim, you were travelling, so couldn't do this afternoon. And it really needs to be live and interactive, this. Uh, I think it's, it's good to do it, um, like I say, live and have people comment. And so if you're there and you're watching, whether it be on YouTube, whether it's on uh, social media, please comment and keep it interactive if we don't answer questions as we go through we will make sure we answer them all at the end and today's uh, topic is atomic habits which is atomic yes this is this is everything Richard. Uh, yeah. you know when i was reviewing this and going through this information um i mean the books the book primarily is about is james clear it writes yeah. it but as and the more and more times i read through it the more and more I realised over the last 30 years, it's not one big thing. It's really got me to where I am right now. Right. It's, it's, well, let's explain where I am right now, because some people are somebody watching this thing, where are you right now? It's like, I'm financially free. I could sit on a, I could sit on a beach for the rest of my life. I could go away and my wealth will still go up regardless of my input, whether I do anything or not. I could go away for a, a year, three years, four years, and come yeah. back and my wealth has gone up and my income's gone up mm -hmm. without me actually doing anything for that anymore. Because I, because what I did was I put all the foundations in the beginning, I created these atomic habits, and I actually then kept doing them all the time. All these wee incremental things that we're going to talk about, yeah. I kept doing them every single time in order to get where I was. Now, you know, financially free is a bit of an understatement, I would say. <laughs> But I never like to, I never like to use the the M word or the M M word if that makes yeah. sense or the you know that you know I'm I'm, I'm believe it, I know I'm still uncomfortable with it it's, yeah. it's weird but I'm still uncomfortable with that um, so yeah so we're going to talk about atomic habits this is probably the most important thing this is this will set anybody free and I don't mean this is all about property what I'm meaning out of this is. This is whatever you want to achieve, whatever you want to achieve. I'm, I'm, I'm genuine about this. It doesn't matter what you want to achieve. These atomic habits that we're going to talk about, that you can form, which you could do over the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. I can't believe I've been reading books for the last 35 years. Yeah. It seems like yesterday. But it's books from people that are far more successful than me that changed my mindset over that period. Tricked men to being financially free. <laughs> these damn, these people like made me wealthy. It's terrible. But yes, and that, that's a comical side of it. It's like, you know, I'm going to force you to be wealthy. It's like, I used to go, no, don't, please. Because <laughs> they used to tell me I need to do certain things. The fear things. of success. <laughs> you, you better phone people. You better get in touch with people. You better follow people up. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. It's like I feel totally uncomfortable. And it's like, no, no, this is what you need to do. This is why you need to push yourself forward. This is the habits you need to create. And you need to follow through every single time. And you need to keep doing in order to, to be that person in 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And yeah. it's like when I look at Lord Sugar, and I think he's a he's a billionaire. He's 20 years ahead of me. And I'm thinking, wow. I've got 20 years to get to that stage. And then, you know, that's the sort, that's the sort of things that drive me forward. It's like, yeah. wow, Dad, really think I could do that in 20 years? Yeah, you're damn tootin' I could. I, de yeah. I definitely believe that. Definitely believe that. 
Yeah, since since you and I spoke last week and agreed that we're going to talk about Atomic Habits today, obviously I've been reading and looking, and I know that you were reading the Atomic Habits, uh, the book by uh, James Clear on uh, when you were away and you were sending me little snippets and things. Yeah, and it, and it is about changing these, making these small changes, and not just for your wealth and for maybe property investment. It's like for a per on a personal level in your personal life, your professional yeah. life, and you could and you could in include that in anything that you do. And make these small change, changes to be, to better yourself yeah. in, in whatever area. And the, we're going to cover the, that today. The one key thing that made a fundamental difference in what I was doing, I started out with my mentors. We were in network marketing, if anybody knows what that is. That's basically where you get teams of people and you, you basically get them into your network and you all, you're all a, a rising tide lift all ships. So you have to learn to communicate with other people and actually build teams voluntary, basically, because these people are in the paid. You know, they're, they're just like you. They create wealth as well. And I found that by doing things like that, set me up for doing things like this I do today. But I also found in my career, you know, a financial director before I'm 30 and only started as an accountant training um, probably in my early 20s. Yeah. So that that's quite that's quite startling a startling revelation to think you know I think by the time I came out of college I was um, nineteen nineteen ninety or something like that thereabouts mm -hmm. and then when you think about the time I retired was thirty eight which was nineteen which was about sixteen years ago which is what two thousand four thereabouts two thousand five. No, 2006, sorry, because I remember that date, because then that's 2005 I retired, financial fleet at 38. 2006 I started as an estate agent, a letting agent. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, that was that time. And then when I walk that back, 38, eight years from 2005, brings me back to nine, 1997. So 1997 was when I was 38, when I was uh, that. So it literally took me, 1997 at 38, uh, before I was 30, so it's 1997, yeah. So that's when I was round about, you know, aye, aye, that was, God, that was, that, that's a that's a startling revelation because I started studying when I was uh, at 10 years before that. Mm -hmm. So, so from, from going to college with a national certificate, to study a national certificate in business study, I had no, uh, by the way, I had no formal education. I, I left school with four O grades and a higher, but it was a, it was a possible higher at sea. And that was it, literally. And I became a window cleaner, an industrial cleaner. Then I became homeless unemployed. And then I went back to college. And at that point, that was 10 years before I became a financial director. So it was from a standing start, a homeless unemployed, to a financial director in 1997, 10 years later. So I had three years of college. And then I had my professional exams to do as well at the same time. So then literally that was a, that was a meteoric rise, when you think about yeah. it. Because it was out of college. I, I was three years in college at least. It was then, it was another year. It was probably year four. I got employed as a trainee accountant, studied for my professionals at the same time. So within six years, financial director. That, so was, all that, down, that was all down to habits. I was just going to say, so through all that time, through your education and your professional work in life and things, you've, I was just going to say, you've obviously implemented habits throughout all of that to, to achieve where you, you wanted to go. Yeah. Now, where you are now, do you still practice that? Do you still implement habits and things to get you? Oh, of course, I absolutely. Yeah, all the time. Well, that's why I read all the time. That's yeah. why I go and swim a mile every every week in the pool. Uh, mm. A mile, religiously, definitely minimum mile. That's sixteen hundred and fifty meters in the pool. But I'll usually yeah. do about eighteen hundred to two thousand meters. 
Um, that's why I also go out on a bike. That's why I also go out on... These are things that have actually fallen by the wayside, out on the bike and actually running as well. Um, primarily because of knee injuries um, yeah. over, the, over the years. But again, it, it's it's just easy enough to get back to these habits again. And, and I feel like your, your, your physical side of it and how you get yourself into habits with swimming and things, and does that change your focus? Uh, your health-wise, obviously being in a good, in a good position... Healthy well, yeah. look at this way as well. The other, another real habit I have that I do religiously is uh, uh, cold press juicing every single morning. Yes. I know. Uh, and the other real habit I have now is vegan, mm-hmm. and I have had for a, about four or five years. Another habit I have as well is I I no longer drink alcohol, and I've done that for about five or six years or seven years. Yeah. And these are That's all habits well. formed, and and it's the habit, it's the wee atomic habits, it's the habits that you do. It actually get you to that end. So, so here's a classic example. You don't, you, you don't say, um, you don't say, I, I, you don't say, what is it? Some like, well, you know, alcoholics say I'm a reformed alcoholic. You know, oh, I'm, I'm still an alcoholic. I'm recovering. I, I just don't drink alcohol anymore. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, that's that's not the right way to approach it. Really, mm-hmm. it's actually I just don't drink. I just yeah. don't drink alcohol. Full stop. I don't say I'm a reformed because that that implies you you're still that person you were. You're mm-hmm. not. That's see the habits, the habits yeah. you create. As to what you create in your mind and what you form in your mind will get you to the place you want to be. This is the whole thing about manifestation. About imagine where you are. Classic example. We're going to talk about some of this anyway. Imagine yeah. if you want, for example, to be. Um, imagine if you want to be a financial director. How does a financial director act? And what does a financial director do? Imagine if you want to be a runner and you don't run just now. What does a runner do and what habits do they create in order to become a runner? Mm-hmm. That's the type of thing you do. If you're reaching for that cream pie to eat it or that fudge donut, would a runner or an athlete do that? No. So that's the habits you've got to form within your own mind. That's the type of thing you've got to think. You know, would would that would the person I want to become do what I'm doing right now? If the answer to that is yes, happy days, you're on your way to success and whatever it is you choose to do, because you can do this in any any field, anything you want to do, it's like it's like Donald Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great, it's all great. It's like sorry. <laughs> it's all the, the habits that you'd really want to do to get you to that place. Uh, hopefully that'll make sense for people. Remember, we're going to take questions anyway. Evening, yeah. Gary, uh, by the way. Um, we're going to take questions anyway. Don't worry about it. If you've got a question, write it down. Put it in the comments. We will go back and we'll look at these comments uh, and we'll go over these questions again. And, and, you know, anything you want to ask. So please feel free to do that. Anything can happen in the next 60 minutes because yeah. literally that's what this will take. Hang on to your... Hang on, hang on tight. I'll tell you what. Because you're gonna get you're gonna get it downloaded, dumped yeah. from my mind into your mind a wee bit, and uh, and that's gonna stick to you for the rest of your life. And there'll come a point in your time when you're actually you're forming these habits, when suddenly this lift, that this little lift off your off your mind, and 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 you'll go boom, that and the penny drops, and you think, oh my god, that's what I've got to do to yeah. get where I am. And then you realise that nothing can stop you. Nothing. The only person that can stop you is you. Yeah, definitely. 
Somebody once said to me, one of my mentors, this is a classic, this is a classic, I used to laugh at this all the time, I still do actually, says, Jim, the great thing is your success is in your hands. And then he <laughs> says, the not so great thing is your success is in your in hands. Your hands. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you've said that to me before. I know, I know, yeah. but it's hilarious because that's <laughs> literally what it is. You don't need to get off the couch at night. You don't need to go out and do that run. You don't need to, you know, it's what's going to drive you to do that. And it's the habits you form that will drive you to do that. And you're, it'll be automatic after a while. It's just who, it then becomes, it's just who I am. And we're going to yeah. talk about that. Yeah. So, top four takeaways, Richard. You're going to yeah. talk about, you're, you're wanting to discuss top four takeaways. What are yes. these top four takeaways and what are the habits? What is the first one you're thinking about? The first one, well, just actually, you brought us on nicely to it, and that's it, habits and how they are key in reaching your goal. Mm -hmm. right? Now, everybody's got goals um, that they want to achieve, or obviously most people do. And over the years, trying to focus on those goals and things, it can come a bit all-consuming. And obviously, there's a lot of hours that need to be spent putting into reaching them. But what people may take, when people, but people, while people do take like maybe giant steps in their progress, results come with making small changes and you just said that jim small incremental changes along the way and keep doing that and that is the best way to become successful in reaching your goal do you know this is actually quite an interesting one you said there that people with many are spent trying to reach them i just picked up on that people spend right. some people you know want to reach their goals spend many hours trying to you know many hours trying to do it but often a lot of, a lot of people out here including myself in the very beginning thinks it success just happens to you and, and that's not exactly true. Success happens for you, but you're the one that drives it forward and makes it happen. You're either going to make it happen, you're going to watch it happen, or you're going to wonder what the heck happened. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be one of these three, and I tell you what, I'm going to make it happen every single time. And that's the thing. Now, most people will go to university, go to college, and I'm not saying don't do that. I'm not decrying any of that system at all. But they'll spend, I don't know, how many hours? I mean, 22 hours a week. 22 hours times the terms is about 40 weeks a year. 880 hours times three um, is about 2,500, 2,600 hours. So they'll spend 2,600 hours at university or college, 22 hours a week. That's classified as full-time, apparently. Um, and they'll spend that. But yet... We wouldn't do that ourselves in our own environment. We would have to go to university and college to do that. But if you did that for yourself and creating these habits and doing them, it's even better, I would say, than actually going to university and college. The only, way, the only reason you go to university and college is to specialise in a particular trade that you need that knowledge and information for. Other than that, there's no point in going. Yeah. Unless you want to get gassed every night and just drop out eventually <laughs> and spend and have a big student loan. That's it. You're not guaranteed a job at the end of it, by the way. And and, and unless unless it's something you're specializing in, unless you're a doctor or a dentist or, or whatever it is you need to do that job in order that job that you really want, then that's the only reason you need to do it. Other than that, everything can be learned from people that are far more successful than us in, in books at the arts they write and podcasts that they actually do. And all you need to do is find that person and plug into what they're doing. Most mostly you can do this all for free, by the way. 
you don't need to actually buy into things like courses and that because generally if you skirt about in all the different social media platforms you'll find podcasts all over the place that you could listen to and actually take notes down take loads and loads of notes because when you do and especially this as well when you're doing this take loads and loads of notes the reason i say take loads of notes because is when you listen to it and hear it you retain about i don't know it's something like somebody could correct me on this but who cares it's it's something like 30% of the information you retain that you're actually doing because you're actually listening to it. If you listen to it and say it back to yourself, you'll retain more information. But if you listen to it, say it back to yourself and write it, your retention goes up to about 70%. So why on earth would you sit there and spend all that time and just listen to someone? Yeah, okay, yeah. And most people go, <laughs> they, end up, they end up snoozing off. I used to do it all the time when people were training me. My, my bosses used to train me and used to go show me. And it's like, I was, I was like, oh, God, I'm trying to keep myself awake, falling, falling over. So every single time religiously, you'll see it. I always carry books with me, you know, and, and, a, and a notepad with me. Every single, every single thing I go to, and I always sit and write down notes. I may never go over these notes ever again. And most of them I never look at ever again. But I tell you what, retention is far more. And that's why I remember it. I get people from the newspapers and that come up to me, reporters and journalists, and come up and say, how on earth do you know this stuff? <laughs> it's the habits I created. Yeah. From the people who are more successful than me. It told me, Jim, this is what you need to do to become successful at what you want to, whatever you want to do. Okay, I'm going to do that. That's what you do. So it's, it's learning and retaining that knowledge and understanding that knowledge that will eventually set you free. It might not take you where you want to be, but it'll certainly be a lot further than where you are right now. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that I've got an example here, and we obviously talk about doing habits and the small incremental habits instead of trying to obviously do big giant steps. And I think the, the good example here is obviously compound interest is a good a good thing to compare it to. And when it comes to like obviously finances and things, you have some money that you want to save in a savings account and the interest adds up over time. Now, at first, obviously, interest looks quite minimal when you're doing that. And it would be easy to doubt that it would make any difference. And it's the same with these small incremental changes and habits. You'll probably do them and think, mm, listen, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, it's not doing it, we're not getting anywhere. But patience is really the key here. And then as the years go by, the increases become greater until obviously they build up to something that's a lot more moderate and a lot more substantial. And it's the same, like I say, compound interest and things. Money, the sum of money becomes something far more substantial than what it was. And it's the same with your habits if you apply them. Jim, you're obviously a great example of that, how you've done it over the years, over quite a lot of years, and how that has compounded up to get you to where you are. Do you agree? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I think if you want to have lasting changes, it's really important that you remain consistent with your habits throughout the years. Even if you're maybe, it can be quite uh, all-consuming if it's maybe easy to get put off, but um, don't focus on so much the size of the change, but the, instead where it can lead to and where it, where it can get you. I think that's probably the, the, the mindset to have yourself in with these small habits and incremental changes that you make throughout the years. Yeah, I'll have to that's an example there. Okay. Did I get this right? Um, hopefully I've got this right. I wondered, uh, I wondered what you were doing there. <laughs> I'm sitting working on it. I thought, compounding, let's talk about this. Compounding right, okay. is actually the eighth wonder of the world. Um, so this is, my, this is my spreadsheet here. Now, obviously, 
people on Instagram, TikTok, sorry guys, <clears> this. Um, I'd love you to see this. Check out the Five Properties TV and the Wealth Creation Show. We actually run it live right now, so if you want to tune in on that, you can see it. But yeah. look there, month one, a hundred pound of put in. There's the ten percent that grew it, okay. Yeah. And then there's the hundred and ten at the end of the month. And then I added another hundred pound. And then there's the ten percent that grew. And then there's the extra next month. And then that hundred pound for the three years. So a hundred pound every month over thirty-six months is three thousand six hundred quid. And I'm only saying this out the top of my head to show this I, 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 this lunatic situation. Of it growing ten percent every single month with hundred quid and adding on hundred quid each time, so three thousand six hundred quid. But after thirty six months, it comes to thirty three thousand pound. <laughs> That's crazy. That's compounding. That's compounding. Yeah, three thousand six hundred pound I've put in, and it grows ten percent every single month, and it's thirty three thousand pound after three years. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, that's good. Happy days. That's my life, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> have to find ways to give it away. But it just shows there it's important to to keep that in mind when you start off at the beginning, and it's just maybe looking like small changes will look, pay off in the long well, run. Well, look at look at the five percent then. Let's look at the five percent. I'll look at the five percent because I'll do it like that. Um, where is it here? Um, yeah, okay. So let's look at the five, and let's look at just do five, and I'll do that zero five. Uh, so I've just got five. There's, 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 there's no, that's yeah, that's five percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then I'll take that, I'll copy, and I'll put it down. So it grows at five percent over these thirty, over the thirty-six months paste. Um, it actually just comes to ten thousand pounds. Mm -hmm. See that difference? Yeah. That's at five percent, the same amount of money at five percent every single month. It came at ten thousand pounds at the end of th in the end of three years, but ten percent comes to thirty-three thousand pounds. Yeah. See the difference in compounding. Could you imagine? And let's come back to so we've we've proved compounding there and why it is yeah. so why it is so important. That's what I wanted to prove, really. Mm -hmm. And how it is the eighth wonder of the world. It's like, but it's the same. It's not just money. It's education. Yeah. Knowledge. You know how when people talk about knowledge is power, you're mm -hmm. damn tootin' it. Is. Yeah. One of the most powerful things in the world, the accumulation of knowledge for the right reasons. For the exact field that you're in, for the exact thing you want to achieve, for the exact thing you want to do, and that will set you free ultimately. And it might not necessarily lead to where you are. I mean, you might set a goal, for example, and we'll talk about goals in a minute. You might want yeah. to set a goal for five years' time of where you want to be, and you might not hit it. But I tell you what, you'll be somewhere else, which will actually be just as spectacular. Yeah, you know, did we actually think we'd be sitting here in all these years talking yeah. on a show? And I wrote broadcasting their own or on TV channels and stuff like that. Yeah, no, and, no. you know, four or five thousand videos later, um, no. educating and teaching other people how to do what we do. No, yeah, it's come along. It's come a long way, and, and but we just kept doing it every week, every, every day. This technology was never in existence at the time. This is quite interesting because the, the and and if you look at the, if you look at the top thirty companies that were wealthy um, about thirty years ago, the top thirty companies or the top ten companies. They're no longer the wealthiest now. They're not even mentioned anymore. And the reason for that is because there's other things to come that you don't even know about. I mean, that's so exciting. New technologies, new environments, new ideas, new ways to create opportunities, new ways to generate wealth, new frontiers. Yeah. 
I'm getting a star trick here, baby. It's just crazy. I am a tricky. You've got to, know, you've got to realize that though. I am a tricky. That's why. Um, but that's, I, I tell you what, Gene Roddenberry was a big influence in my mind about, you know, how the world should work and how everything should should work and how the yeah, um, system should create harmony with each other. Um, and he was probably a big influence on a lot of people around the world. And Star Trek is still today in its, in its basic fundamentals. Um, so I've no doubt about that. And, and there'll be people out there who go, find the sky stuff. I, you, the penny's no dropped yet. Just don't mm-hmm. worry about it. it. Keep the faith. Keep going. Keep moving forward. Keep doing keep doing certain keep, keep doing the habits. Don't do the habits that you did that were negative, by the way, because then you'll go back. Do the habits that are positive or move you forward in the right direction. Yeah. So we've talked about competent interest, about the patience yeah. you develop as the key in the years going. It increases, the increase becomes bigger until moderate sums of money, for example, or education or wealth or knowledge uh, becomes something far more substantial. Yeah. Now, if you want lasting change to remain consistent with your habits, that's really have to, what you have to do if you want lasting change. So don't focus so much on the size of the change, but instead of where it can lead you. Yeah. I mean, you know, James Clear pointed this out in his books, Atomic Habits, um, playing a crucial role in achieving your goals. You can't afford to ignore them. But to reach your goals, what do you need to do? Yeah, I think... In order to reach your goals, you need to build the right systems, have the right systems in place. Um, and they are made from simple processes. As you would follow through on these processes, they turn into good habits. And by using those good habits, like a paddle and a canoe, for example, you could then move forward and reach your goals. This is why I said Eric, the goals are completely irrelevant. You, you, we spoke about this just briefly off camera, and yeah. and, and, and I would tell you, I would <laughs> yeah. tell you the answer because I wanted to discuss it right in front of everybody else as well. Yeah, I want to think see what good. your thoughts were in as well when I actually introduced this to you. Goals are not the primary thing that you should be focusing on. Do you know why? And I know now when I look back on it, I always used to say, "I'll be happy when I'm a millionaire." Was I happy when I was a millionaire? You want to keep going. Because you get it, and then you set another goal, and then you say to yourself, I'll be happy when I get this. And then you get that, and it's like, I'll be happy when I get that. And it's like, no, 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 no. The key is to enjoy the journey, but also to create the systems in order to achieve the goal. Because you'll never achieve the goal unless you have the systems. You're only as good as the systems you use to, 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 to go to where you're going. It's, it's 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 primarily that's the reason. So it's creating the good habits and the systems and the processes to get you where you want to go. Now that is the difficult part. That is the challenging part. That is the things that you've got to learn to, to new things. This is the things that are going to make you uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you're uncomfortable and you're very uncomfortable, happy days. Yeah. Because you're doing something new for the first time. And the, the, the thing is, the, the expression is, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. So you will have to do something different. So if you end up doing something different to get to where you want to go and create processes and systems, and you're uncomfortable in that process of doing that, congratulations, 
you're exactly doing the same as what the top 5% in the world have actually done. The top 5% wealthiest in the world, and even the top 1% have done. They've all done exactly the same thing. They've all been uncomfortable, and that's what's got them where they've got. Because yeah. they've been uncomfortable in doing it. Or they would have just been born. <laughs> and it's like, I'm wealthy. It's like, that's no possible, is it? Yeah, no, I'm, for, for even for my own experiences over the last good few years, I mean, the, the, last, the last quite a few years, actually, pushing myself outside my comfort zone and where I feel comfortable and doing things where I feel uncomfortable ultimately progresses you and, and the field that you're trying to be successful in because you're putting yourself out with what you would do just day to day. Yes, it's a great feeling, by the way, once yeah. you've done it. Once you've done it once. So the difficulty is a lot of people, what I used to be get taught about, Jim, you need to phone people. It's like, where's your list? And I had lists and lists of people to phone. It's like, I don't know what happened I'm too scared. What would they know? It's like, this was 35 years ago, by the way. Yeah. What would they know? I used, to, I used to sit on the bed all the time, on the end of the bed, saying, telling everybody how, how great it would be. You know, it's like, I right, okay then, just do something. Um, that was literally it. And, and it was, once you made that first phone call and not and overcome that mental monster, you were on a roll. You were on the next yeah. phone call, the next phone call, the next phone call, the next phone call. But it's actually making that first phone call. It's that habit that you create that gets you to the next steps. It's like it's like people, a really good analogy, it's like when people are at the beach and you get some people that just go, fuck it, I'm off! And they run in the water. And they run in the water and they go, yes, you're beauty. And they're in. Absolutely brilliant. These are the people that actually do something. And then you get the other people that go, they're running, they go, oh, it's too cold, and they run back out. And then they're running again, oh, it's too cold, and they run back out. And it's like, yeah. my God, at some point in time, you're going to get in here and you're going to be swimming about. So why do you know just, just give up the, the torment that you're putting yourself through and just throw yourself in the water and get on with it? That's what, that's what the habits is all about. Yeah. Just get in there and start swimming. Ready? Fire. <laughs> You're exactly right. You've hit the nail on the head. I'm glad you said that. Ready, fire, fire. aim. I know. Ready, fire, aim. Ready, fire, aim. Just do something. Yeah. Just go for it. Then you can sort it out on the way. I think it's like uh, you've said this a lot to me over the years is, is done is better than perfect. Absolutely. <sighs> yeah. So habits are the key to this equation. If you build good habits, we build good results that will eventually follow. Think of your habit as compound interest of self-improvement, for example. Yeah. It's not about money, remember. It's about the self-improvement that you do. The money will flow as a natural byproduct of what you're doing because you'll attract the right people towards you because of the success that you're having and whatever you're actually trying to achieve. You will attract that. You will attract people for that reason in that field because of what you're doing. So it's all about increasing your self-improvement. They're the things that they do. They're the things you do every day, even good and bad, which will lead to consequences. Um, but just like the compound interest, the small changes in making your habits will create the change that you want. This is why it's so important to break bad habits and form good ones. Yeah. Even if it's just 1% change. Think what a difference a 1% change will actually make. Look at the example I just showed in that compounding that I did. In yeah. monetary aspects, in monetary terms, just 5%. 3,600 became 10,000 after three years and a 5% improvement every single month. 
So 1% is going to be a lot more after that time. Imagine a 1% difference, though, every single day over a year that can lead to noticeable results. Now, expand that over a lifetime. This is why you've got to have faith. Expand over a lifetime. Best of all, these small changes are well within your ability to do. Mm-hmm. Every single day, you can make a slight change that will pay dividends in the future. Even the goals that seem so impossible to achieve, a little progress every day leads to loads of progress over longer periods. Understand that you have the power to shape your future every single day. Yeah, and I think that that's the important thing is to focus on the small habits that you could change and not get too, too overwhelmed with the bigger the bigger picture or, 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 or even the goal at the end didn't let it overwhelm you. Um, I could never achieve that. Yeah. We've, we've, you've set a goal. You've, yeah. set, you've set a real big goal. And it's like, and then you were like, oh my God, how am I going to, how am I going to bring an income 33% more every single month? How is that possible? And then Let's I went, that goes. I went, now we're thinking about it, Richard, how can we do that? And then we went, oh, we could do that, we could do this, we could do that, we could do this, we could add on this, we could add on that. It's like, oh my God, it's like we could do that, couldn't we? See what I mean? But just looking at that goal, think to yourself, I've never done that before, that's unachievable. And then actually thinking to yourself, well, actually, how are we going to do that then? Michael Dell was brilliant at it. Michael Dell from Dell Technologies and Dell Computers had a great a great analogy of this and it was an exact case study he they all held they all held stock they had millions and millions of pounds of stock okay in their in their warehouse for computers because they did just in time every single time with somebody if you bought a dell computer you could get it delivered almost within the week and sent to you so they had to hold stock but the stock was eaten into all their money because they had to hold that stock so then they went to he went to his head departments and, and managers and went how can we bring this stock down? Oh, well, we can't, we can't do that. Can, can we not just bring it down to 50% of what we're holding out? No, that's impossible. We can't do that. We'll never get to that. And Michael Dell went, yeah, okay, that's fine. We maybe not be able to do that. But if we were to do a 25% reduction in our stock, how would we do it? No, he never asked them to do it. He just said, how would we do it? Now, all of a sudden, all these ideas came out about, we could do this, we could do that, we could do this, we could do that, we could do this, we could do that. How, how soon do you think that would be able to be done? They went, yeah, we could probably do that in six months. So lo and behold, six months came along, they did it, and 25% stock wiped out. And then he went back to his team again. And he said, great stuff, we've got 75% of what we had before. If we could reduce that by 25%, how could we do it? Oh, that could never be done. You can see the picture here. And Michael Dell, with that process, the processes and systems, mm-hmm. and the way he expanded everybody's thinking, and the small habits that he got them to create every single day, got their stock from millions and millions of pounds to zero. Dell computers hold no stock anymore. It's all held by their suppliers and their money tied up. That's amazing, isn't it? That's a good strategy, yeah. That's Dell Computers, and they can still do almost just in time for Mm -hmm. delivery because they created the systems to do that. But that just didn't happen the next day. 
that happened over years of, yeah, I know, but how could, if we were going to do that, how would we get that to that stage? So it's these habits that will determine your identity, and this is what you want to talk about next. Yeah. Yeah, the next the next thing is obviously how your habits determine your identity, like you say, Jim. And even when knowing what good they can do, new habits can sometimes obviously be difficult to form. And we know that, and, and it's, it's, it's easy for us to say, just do it. And, and myself, I know you've done it, Jim, and you speak for experience, but me being obviously an earlier part of my journey, I do find sometimes it's difficult to stick to habits and keep them in, in so yes, it's about how they identify you as an individual. That's not difficult. There's yeah. no when you kid yourself. It's like, oh, he he finds everything so easy. So you know, it's like I still find things difficult. You know, John Caldwell said to me, I said, Hey John, you know, phones for you, billionaire. I says, John, yeah, wouldn't mind actually doing a live interview on one of your building sites in London because I'll be down in May. And John Caldwell goes, Great stuff, go and get, get in touch with my PR company. Shit. <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> I've got. Did, did you not expect to become? <laughs> it's like he says, "No bother, just get in touch with it. just get in touch with my PR company." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so it's still yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's like you need to ask yourself the question: like, Have you ever taken a step back and wondered? why it is the case that you maybe feel sometimes it's difficult to form these new habits and it might be because people focus too much on the action itself um, and not on who they are as a person and what their capabilities are and to truly adopt a new habit or and break old ones uh, you need to know your identity and you need to know who you are yourself in order to be successful and achieve things and, and forming habits and, and sticking yeah. to good habits yeah. is one thing. I would say so definitely. Yeah, um, it's as it as it you you need to be you. You don't need to be what anybody else thinks of you. Yeah, you have to follow your own path. You have to be in line with what Tony Robbins calls your beliefs. If you don't, if you're not in incongruence, incongruence. In other words, you don't align with, and you don't do the things that you do in line with what your normal beliefs and morals are. And you try try and go against them. You're out of alignment, and that becomes difficult and challenging for you. Therefore, you won't succeed. So you have to be you. Mm -hmm. You have to follow your path. You have to be in line with what you're doing. Classic example is, you know me. I always just love to tell the truth, and everybody goes, "You'd make a brilliant politician." And I go, "You've got no chance. I wouldn't last two seconds because I'd blurt it out and just tell the truth." Yeah, I'm in line with what I do. And it would destroy me to become a politician and actually have to compromise and sit there and know my party was doing something against what I believe and actually have to toe the line with. I wouldn't be able to hold my tongue. I would never make a good politician. I'm a great lobbyist because I'll just say it yeah. and get on with it and hold people to account regardless of who they are. Because I've had threats from other people, you know, like, you know, messaging. It's like, what do you mean doing this? And you should take that back and all the rest of it. And you shouldn't say that about our party and everything like that. And and, it, and we'll get you back. And I've had all these private threats from people. And I'm going, I couldn't care less. It's like, you know, I couldn't care less. I have to say it because it's necessary because it is in line with my complete beliefs about who I am. And if I stay quiet, 
I'm culpable and complicit to the whole yeah. thing then, if that's the case. And I can't yeah. live with that. No, no, it's definitely not you. And um, I don't think I could do something like that either. But um, but you spoke earlier, Jim, about... There's people out there that can do that and they're called politicians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're <after> <laughs> Easily. But yeah, you spoke earlier, Jim, about uh, exercise and being vegan and stopping drinking alcohol. I've put in here an example familiar habits that people try and break and the one I picked obviously was smoking and the lengths that people go to eliminate the habit can be really extensive but much of their emphasis on what they're trying to do is not is not what they're trying to do but they constantly think of themselves rather than what they're actually trying to do yeah um, like I'm, I'm trying to stop smoking yeah, um, yeah. stopping smoking can be a goal but it doesn't need to take the identity-based approach see what I mean yeah i'm trying to stop smoking yeah. no no you just tell yourself you're not a smoker yeah and it's like it's like you said about the alcohol thing like, it's identity i am not a smoker i do not i not an i don't drink alcohol that's yeah. not me that's what you should be focusing on i am not a smoker i don't drink alcohol i am not a gambler i don't eat meat i don't touch day i don't eat you know drink dairy or anything like that yeah I'm I'm an athlete. I'm a triathlete. Not I'm a runner. You know these are all these are all identities. Whereas the difference is, a lot of people say, "Oh, I'd love to run five k," mm -hmm. or I'm or I'm trying to run five k. See the difference? I'm a runner and I'm trying to run five k. One is an action. One is an identity. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head, Richard. And that's the key. When you when you identify with who you are, then you can adopt the habits consistent with that identity. Mm -hmm. I don't drink. You know, I, I I'm not. I don't. I'm not. I don't drink alcohol. It's like so. Anybody gives you something, it's like no, that's not me. I don't drink alcohol. It's like you didn't just find it. <laughs> Tony Robbins used to say a great one, and I loved it. And I actually used to imagine this in my mind every single time when I was, I, I remember a wee while back when I was trying to lose weight, I was about two stone heavier than I am now um, and that was just through, you know, just fell by the wayside a bit two stone heavier than I am now and I remember Tony Robbins said, you know the fastest way to lose weight and keep on the right on the right track on health eating plan, he says see when you're in a restaurant and you order food that you shouldn't be eating, right jump up from your seat Point at your plate and shout, PIG! <laughs> Honestly, every single time, jump up from your plate, jump up from your seat, point at your plate and shout, PIG, at your highest voice. I used to do that every single time. Not in front of everybody, but I used to do it in my mind. And that, and I knew, I knew I would have to do it. <clears throat> that was me, that was my identity. And I knew I identified like that and that's what I was saying. If I, oh God, if I eat this, if I, if I order this, I'm going to have to do this. There's no way because I fully committed to the fact that I was going to have to do this. Mm -hmm. I didn't order it, then. and I ordered the right stuff that I should be ordering. That's how you do it. Your habits change because your identity's changed. Yeah. You know the thing about fake it till you make it. Yep. It's kind of true. It's like you've identified with another thing. And that's how you end up your habits formed towards that. 
Yeah, and I think like like we say back at the smoker thing, if if you say I'm not a smoker, then you'll do those things that non-smokers would do, and yeah. and and that, and that's how you would change your habits would change and determine your identity if you if you if you do it properly. And the key to habits is if if um, if you have maybe if you if you want to change your identity, that means adopting the habits yeah. that will go with that identity. Hit the nail on the head. The like philosophy applies. Yeah to more than just quitting smoking. You can use it in any area of your life. Yeah. Um, your goal shouldn't be an action or an event. Your goal should be a new identity. Do you want to eat healthier? Your goal shouldn't be to eat healthier, but to be a healthier person. Yes. Do you want to pursue photography? Then your identify, you should identify yourself as a photographer. Mm -hmm. Why do you think I put author on my on my blog? Author, broadcaster, you know, property time lord. <laughs> and folk, you know, I, I could laugh, but I I my specialty is getting back time. That's my specialty. That's the fundamental thing that I do best. So that's why I say property time lord, because I I'm able to get my time back. So it's what you want to it's what you want to identify with is the most important. When whenever you're whenever you're whenever you work out, you're a, you're an actual athlete, aren't you? Mm -hmm. It's not it's not, oh, I need to do 50 reps and all the rest of it. No, no, no. I'm an athlete. I'm a bodybuilder. You know, and then you'll start doing all the crap that comes with it and all the systems and processes it, it go, goes to do that. That's that's the whole point. Now the key out of this though is do not and you want to talk about this anyway. Don't let negativity rule you. Yeah, I think, and, and it's it's a thing that a lot of people will experience and neg negativity and 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 any area that you're trying to do things, and especially to try and be successful, you'll come across uh, negativity. And all too often, people attach negative behaviours to who they are, and they think things like maybe, oh, I always turn into, I always turn in projects past maybe the deadline. Do you know what I mean? If you've got a deadline, you're always late. Or I'm terrible at remembering appointments, or I'm always late for appointments. With such a negative outlook, I think, in your own mind, they identify themselves only by their weaknesses, like, oh, I'm always late, or I never submit things on time. And they don't view themselves by what you're, you're not, rather than by what you want to become, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So and in a different way, think I am a punctual person or I always remember important things or uh, to correct your bad behaviour. You and see me talking about this all the time, don't I? Yeah, yeah. Every single time any one of you guys actually say something, I go, wait a minute, what are you just telling yourself right now? And classic is when everybody comes out and says, it's a nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> I know. I knew you were going to say that. It's a nightmare. I, used to, I stopped saying that word. I don't say it anymore. Well, I'm doing it's going to be a nightmare because you've just predicted it. Yeah, you've I just identified with it. You've just told yourself it's going to be a nightmare, so it will be a nightmare. That's the key there. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, hi to William and Lucinda actually tuning in just now. Um, and the only reason I'm saying that is because sometimes people I used to put in things and used to go, go and say hi to so and so because I oh, it is live. Yeah, I noticed that coming up. So, yeah, <laughs> hi, William and rerun, so I'm saying hi to William and Lucinda. If you're you are watching, I know you're watching, you're on watching on YouTube. So, hi, yeah. guy. Um, 
Um, but yeah, habit, so formation, habit formation will lead to that. I mean, you, you said it yourself, the punctual person. Habit formation can lead to a positive way of behaviour change. Of course, it can be challenging to pinpoint what kind of identity you want to adopt. In such cases, actually, do things where the odds are in your favour. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, think of success uh, like Michael Phelps heading swimming. Uh, uh, you know, uh, well, James Clear actually uh, uh, explains it in his book, in Atomic, his book Habit. Yeah, Atomic Habit. He had certain advantages from a genetic standpoint, such as he had a long torso, long arms, short legs, um, which helped him excel in his swimming pursuits. Now, if Phelps had tried to become a sprinter instead, he likely wouldn't have excelled nearly as much as he would have been swimming. His genes just didn't give him the same advantage of being a sprinter as they did a swimmer. And, and this, that, so, you know, don't, don't go, you know, if you're, I'm, I'm wanting to, well, classic, here's another one. Um, I want to be a, a policeman. Now, at the time when I wanted to be a policeman, the policeman had to be five foot ten and upwards. I was five foot nine. There was no way I was ever going to be a policeman. So just bury that, bury that dream. <laughs> Forget it. Thank God I never actually. Um, but bury that dream uh, and that, that's done because there's no way physically you could ever be a policeman because it's impossible because yeah. that was the benchmark at that time. I wanted to be a chartered accountant. The year I actually qualified, the year I actually got my HND, my diploma, which was acceptable to the Chartered Accounts of Scotland, they changed the rules to make it a degree. <laughs> it's like, thanks for that. <laughs> you could have a degree in archaeology and you'll still get into the Chartered Accountancies. <laughs> and yet, you know, but it's, it's fine with me. I just went and become a certified accountant. I just start this, the certified exams. But so, so, you know, I could have got bent out of shape. Oh, it's no fair. I'm not, thank God I'm not a chartered accountant. Because <laughs> it's like I would be sitting number crunching in an office and it's like, oh, no. Um, I have to be out there doing something, manufacturing something. Manufacturing was wonderful, by the way. Um, but, you know, I became a certified accountant instead. <laughs> Literally certified, if you could <laughs> in one way or another. Um, but but you, you play to your strengths and you play to what you've got. You can't control. You you control the things you can. You accept the things you can't control. And you move on and you play the hand you're dealt with. That's one of the key principles. So don't let negativity rule you. What does Clear explain then, Richard? Yeah, so... Uh you were reading Claire's book when you were away, Jim, yeah. um, and send me snippets and things. And he clearly explains that our genes tell us where we should work harder in specific areas. Yeah. Uh, that's knowing your identity. And uh, that is so important. So people are prolific at writing um, or others are maybe painting comes naturally to them. Or some people love public speaking and interacting with other people in person. Maybe others prefer to sit behind the desk and crunch numbers, like you say, Jim, like the uh, like chartered accountants and things. Maybe that's what somebody wants to do, and that's fine. But you can't be good at everything. Uh, and once you know what you are good at, you can work towards being the best in that area. So I think it's about shifting your thinking away from someone who is chasing something and into a person who is what well, actually is something. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that's the case. Yeah, and I think when you go through that process, there's, there's a lot of questions that you could probably ask yourself about about your own identity, and it's it's been. Like, I think this is actually quite an important one. Then you know, I mean, yeah. you know, we've just been asked that question. You know, what what top tip for our nineteen year old twins uh, who've been told to tune in for some time, for some life lessons? Um, uh -huh. So 
19 years old, what would I be telling myself now at 19 years old? My God, just go for it. And yeah. I tell my kids that as well. It's like, what you got to lose? It's like you, you're, you're living with your parents, guys. <laughs> it's like you're not going to lose it financially. Mm -hmm. You start to become scared when you start to acquire things like a house, a car, credit and debt it's and all the rest of it. And then that's when, you start, that's when you start to that's when you start to compromise. That's when you start to your dream gets tucked away to the back now. You you maybe always wanted to be a singer and you were a fantastic singer and nobody told you that, but you never could work out how you could monetize it. You maybe always wanted to be an artist. I know I know a fantastic artist. Um it um it, now I'll no I'll no mention who she is, but she's now in her I think her sixties or something like that. And I remember she told me the story actually about her mother saying, "You need to get a real job." They wouldn't let her to go. To, they wouldn't let her to allow her to go to art college. Her, her dad basically said, "No, there's no way you're going to art college." And she's absolutely amazing. I mean, where could she have been in that? And that was her passion. That was her passion. My God, find out your passion. Just try anything and everything. Find out your passion. And then learn to monetize it. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, and it's like what Andy Harrington says. You know, Andy Harrington does public speaker training, and Andy Harrington is perfectly right when he says this. He says, Do you know people, regardless, any anybody, anybody out there listening right now, for your story that you've got out there right now, and I don't care who you are, you could be lying in a gutter right now as an alcoholic, for your story. People will pay you money to learn from that story. Yeah. Because the first thing that that could teach you is how not to be an alcoholic. And people will pay money for a course for that. You could monetize anything, but find your passion more importantly and monetize your dreams. Yeah. And and you and I tell you, you'll You'll never get to your you'll never get to your deathbed and think to yourself, I wish I'd spent more time at work. <laughs> Unless it was some now work, what I mean is work you don't enjoy doing. It's not your passion. I mean, I love doing what I'm doing. I get up every single day, and the best thing about it is I've got a pulse. Because I see some of the people around about me dropping like flies, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm still alive. It's going to be yeah. a great day. Even though in my mind, at that point in time, I still feel, oh. <laughs> like, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like, but you still pull yourself up and go, "It's going to be a great day." Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. There's still a lot of good things, and uh, yeah, and you never know what's going to happen. So the question is to ask yourself: Find out your identity. Yes. Is who do you want to be? Yeah. What do you stand for? What are your core values? How do you want people to see you? What type of people do you admire? What habits do you have that contradict who you want to be? See, well, that one I talked about earlier on, yeah. mm -hmm. you're not going in line with what your beliefs are. What habits do you have that contradict who you want to be? Drop them like a stone. Get rid of them. Stop doing them now. Because when you get to your deathbed, it's no address rehearsal. You're no coming round again. There's no final curtain call. You're out of here. Yeah.
What is the legacy you've left? How have you improved anybody else's life or anybody else round about you? Or have you just been selfish and within yourself? And this is how I feel about it personally. This is how I look at myself. Or have you just been selfish in yourself and just taken everything from everybody? That is not me. No. I want to go to my deathbed, basically, basically saying to him, he was a giver. No matter what it was, he always gave his best and did his, uh, gave his best shot. That's all I want to leave. So how do you go about that? Do you place systems over goals, Richard? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. the next point I had in there was placing systems over goals. Um, now, there's a good, like, do you know, a good um, analogy for this is, like, the, the NFL, like, the, the, mm-hmm. the Super Bowl and things. I mean, they do, the NFL, before the, the beginning of, the, like, the NFL season and things, football teams have the same goal in mind. They all want to win, like, the Super Bowl. And yep. through 17 games plus playoffs and all the rest of that, each team faces adversity and they've got triumphs and they've had failures. And before one team ultimately stands above them all and and and, and wins the Super Bowl. But that's just the thing. Only one team can win the championship. And that's, I mean, not every team has the same goal, but at the end of the day, only one of them could achieve what they wanted to yeah. to get to, and uh, everyone failed. Everyone fails to expect to be the last team standing. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I think for them to do that, they need to concentrate on the system rather than the goal. Yeah, the difference between I mean, the goal of each team, but rather the systems in place to reach that goal. Yeah. But the reality is that both winners and losers share the same goals. Mm-hmm. This, this is true in, sp- in the sports world as well as the business world. One of the best quotes in Atomic Habits, Habits for example, is if, if, if successful and unsuccessful people, now listen to this, folks, if successful and unsuccessful people share the same goals, then the goal can't be what differentiates the winners from the losers, is it? The systems on the way. Look back on British cycling for an example. The goal for the team didn't change. They still wanted to be the best in the world. What changed was the system they actually used, and it was the system that elevated their performance so they could win gold medals and two different competitions. You don't put it this way. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the levels of your systems. You could have the loftiest goals imaginable that, if achieved, could make you incredibly successful. But if you don't have the right systems in place, you've got no chance of ever reaching the goal. So the blunt truth is that goals alone don't produce success. Everyone aspires to be a gold medalist. Every team wants to be the champion. Every person desires to be have a successful career. Not everyone achieves what they set out to do, though. Having a goal, then, doesn't get the job done. This is what I talk about goals. That's why I said it's so important about yeah. this goal thing. Eh? Oh, I've, I've got a goal. It's like, does the guarantee you're going to get it? I mean, that's like me with 100. Oh, I've got my spreadsheet. 
at the end of this 40 years, I'll have 100,000 properties. <laughs> My spreadsheet says that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, and, I, and I see people doing that now on a smaller scale. They go in and go, after this, I'm going to have all this and I'm going to have all that. And I'm thinking, okay, I've been there before. It's what gets in the way is called life. Yeah. <laughs> the system is the thing that moves the needle. As the British cycling team found out, their new systems uh, were what made the difference in, what, in how they achieved. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it's not to say that goals serve no purpose. Uh, goals can help you obviously determine where you want to uh, to get to. Yep. They provide a clear direction for you, obviously, when you've got goals to work towards. Problems arise when people spend all of their time setting the goals instead of designing the systems that will actually get them there. Yeah. Uh, and and I, we've seen that. I've, I've seen myself do that. I mean, that's a habit. It's a bad habit to fall into. Um, so there's something that we obviously look at changing. Think of your systems as the process. Okay. Uh, and while your goal is at the end or as the end product, if you if the only thing you like is the um if the only thing you like is the end product, the journey to get there will feel like a chore. And you really need to enjoy the journey, Jim. You said that earlier. And the odds oh, will be like, against yeah, you succeeding yeah, in the the long yeah. slog to the journey on the journey because because I didn't really have the process and systems in place. And this is why I talked about property investment, for example, is I know the answer before I start the journey. Yeah. What I need to do is to create the systems in between to get there quicker. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the key. Every single time I can guarantee my success in what I'm doing, it's the systems I create in between that actually get me there quicker or slower. That's the key. And I'll say that again. Every single time I set out to do something, I can guarantee my success. How is that possible? It's the systems that you put in place, it will get there quicker or slower. So if you want to get there quicker, make sure you've got the systems. Yeah. Yeah, make sure you've got the systems in place. Make sure you enjoy that journey of getting to the goal. And it's not just the goal that you want. This will ultimately make that journey feel like a chore. And you don't want that. And the odds will be against you succeeding if you if you feel like the journey is a chore, a chore to get there. However, if you like the process as well, then you'll find satisfaction throughout the journey and your chances of success will then become much greater. Yeah. Rich Dad, Keith Cunningham told me this. It's not Kiyosaki, by the way. He wrote the book. Yeah. <laughs> Rich Dad is Keith Cunningham. So Keith Cunningham said, you have to enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. That's the key out of all this. If you don't enjoy the journey, it's meaningless. There's no point in doing it. You'll, you'll get to the goal and you'll be completely unhappy because the goal isn't what makes you happy. It's the process. This is why I said, I couldn't care less if I lost it all tomorrow. I would just start again and do, do it all over again. Yeah. I love the journey. I love the process. The, num the numbers at the end is just a scorecard to see how well you're doing or no doing. That's mm -hmm. it. It doesn't matter. But it's the systems you put in place that will get you there quicker as a result. So don't spend so much time goal setting. Spend the bulk of your time creating the system that you actually that will actually help you reach your goal. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. I think we'll we'll take property investment for an example. But I know that there's people that maybe set out on that journey that they just want to have a, a big portfolio generating cash flow 
have good um, capital appreciation and and then just go and enjoy life. But they don't enjoy the whole building the portfolio and, and building the knowledge about how to operate the portfolio legitimately within like obviously legislation and, and, and just getting into all the nitty gritty of that and having a, a, do you know what I mean, that whole process. I know obviously I like to do that because it's what I do every day with lettings, but if people don't enjoy that whole process, then it's just, you're going to get to the end and be a wee bit disappointed at what you get to. Let me tell you how important the, the, how important the process and the systems are in the journey. I don't have a goal of doing anything really as such, but I, for example, here's a classic example. A Ferrari. Mm -hmm. oh, I'd love to have a Ferrari. One day I will have a Ferrari, people say. I'll guarantee you most people that get the Ferrari are happy for a couple of weeks and then after that they're miserable. Because that's what that's what they're, yeah. they're just they're just putting the goal. And they don't realize so it's, it's the it's... goal. They'll be happy for a couple of weeks and they'll they'll run about and they'll show their pals and they'll be on Instagram and they'll go, that's fantastic. And they'll get loads and loads of likes and loves and all the rest of it. And they'll go, Oh, this big dopamine hit all coming up up here and all yeah. over. And then they'll all be all great and all the rest of it. That'll do nothing after a couple of weeks. That is called the honeymoon period. Yeah. And it happens every single time, no matter what you do. If I get that bigger house, I'll be happy. The honeymoon period takes over a couple of weeks later. It's back to reality. Yeah. Everything that was happening in your past that you've never dealt with is still there. So getting you know, the goal doesn't make any difference to you. Would it be fair to say, Jim? Before yeah. <laughs> and the shit in between, it will make you happy ultimately, and you'll not really bother after you've dealt with that, and the goal won't matter anymore. Yeah, I, you've obviously we speak about goals, Jim, and obviously you've you've had goals that you've set throughout your journey and things. But would it be fair to say now, as you say, you don't really set goals? Would it be fair to say that your goals, or or let's call them milestones, as you as you go through your journey, are a bit of a byproduct of what you do? I don't set overall lofty goals. I've got an, no, I've, got a, I mean. I've got a desire. You yeah. talked about Lord Sugar, billionaire, and all the rest of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've got a desire. Twenty years time, wow, that would be fantastic to be a billionaire. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not really going to put myself to that pain and torture and all the rest of it and say I have to have that. That's something I have to have. Um, it's the other one about Everest. You know, Everest is one of my goals to climb Everest, but it's not mm -hmm. going to put me out of sorts. I'm, not, I'm swithering. It's like sixty to seventy thousand dollars to climb Everest. Would I be able to put that to better use? Possibly. So it's one of these things. It's like, yeah, I might actually like that, but I've put systems in place because I've climbed Tukbell again, and yeah. then I've, I've asked Darren, and we're going back to Kilimanjaro next year. <laughs> Darren's going, oh god. Because I know Darren might not want to go back, and I'm thinking, I'm going to get you off your bum, Darren. We're going back to Kilimanjaro. Um, so he's coming with me. Um, he doesn't know it yet, but <laughs> we're going to Kilimanjaro next year. But And then if it takes me there, fair enough, but it's not something I'm going to push myself towards if it takes me there. One of the greatest things I like is the ad hoc stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm out in Isla Canela in Spain. I've just come back yeah. now. We went round, we looked at the carts again, we look after a lot of the, the stray carts out there. We gave a commitment to catch and release and neuter 21 carts in one of the areas there. We went round, we looked a wee bit more, and I said, okay, let's go back to them and let's have a wee chat with them again. I'll give you 5,000 euros towards your cause. I'm going to try and get the local authority, though, to march 5,000 euros as well, which will give you 10,000 euros. Will this help you achieve your target? Absolutely. 
what's the biggest bugbear? I've identified this is systems because mm-hmm. I gave them the chance to do 21 and they only got through about six or seven. It's labor and manpower because they're volunteers. Yeah, why do we not take some of that money then? How much is it going to cost for me to employ somebody? You know, just ad hoc for a couple of a couple of months. Do you think that'll do the job? Yeah, absolutely. That's why I came to that figure. So employ somebody to do that, also pay some of the, the vet bills as well, and let's get the ball rolling. So that's my commitment to them. Do you know that gives me more joy than a car, than a house, than anything ever, more or less. You know, it is right up there with having your kids. Yeah. It is right up there with getting married to the person that you're your life partner. It is right up there because you are able to do something that no benefit, one else is able to do yeah. for the joy and the benefit of a community. And, you know, the welfare of the cats as well, but the joy mm-hmm. and the benefit of the community and the people that are involved in this charity, that, to me, is everything. That's yeah, more important. That, that's more important than money. That's more important than material things and all the rest of it. That's what counts. When you get to my age, you kind of start to reflect on that a bit more. But hopefully people that are a lot younger now will understand that's really what it's all about. It's about your community and it's about the people. It's not about things. It's only the media that tells you that. And other people that are like that or want to get something off of you in order to promise you things. This is what I talk about, the fake gurus, the the gurus out there. You know, come and go on my course and I'll teach you how to do this. And you will be super wealthy like me with my Bentleys and my beautiful house and my lovely like lovely the homes under the hammer guy. Aye, the Instagram sort of thing. It's like, no, you don't have that life at all. That's all smoke and mirrors and snake oil. That's all designed. That's all designed to suck the vulnerable people in. The people that are out there that are young, that are impressionable, that have got money to part with, or maybe they've got money to part with, but credit cards they can get access to, that these people can actually get money from them. And then they'll drop them like a stone once they've bled them dry. Mm-hmm. And they came on a social media on one of the landlord pages, their property page, and says, I've got a, I've got an, a client that's got 250,000 to invest in property. And I thought, holy shit, this is like Dracula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like these furus will be in there like a flash and I'll suck that person dry. Yeah. And and, and I actually messaged them privately and I said, for God's sake, be Don't careful. Them. <laughs> this is what you need to do, due diligence wise and all the rest of it, because this is like this is like blade. You yeah. know the film when when a, a, a human walks into a room of vampires and they basically go <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, they, and they go, we're going to get every every penny of that two hundred fifty thousand out of you. That terrifies eleven days out like, like me because I see that happening. I see because I I I know these systems and I've seen these systems in operation. How they work, uh, yeah. and, and I can't stand these type of people. They're leeches and para. Johnny Rotten once said it, you know, John Lydon, uh, you know, John Lydon once said it, you know, they're parasites. Mm-hmm. They're parasites. They don't contribute anything to society. They just take everything from people and leave them, leave them nothing, with nothing. That's what these people are. Anyway, let's talk about habits then. So yeah. some of the final things we want to talk about. Habit stacking. Successful way to create good habits is through habit stacking. This technique works uh, by stacking a new habit on top of another one, another habit you've already done. And this way you can connect one good behavior with another another in a seamless fashion. The more you can make it part of your daily routine, the better. 
this is how I became vegan. People go, I could never become vegan. It's impossible. I started to, ha to, to start habits on each one. It took me four years of being a vegetarian and then two and, and another two years to change the vegan. So I changed the vegetarian, but I still had things like, you know, I went to the chip shop and I wasn't really bothered about the fat it was boiled in or whatever it was. I had a white pudding supper and I had chips. And it was like, oh, my God, that fat is animal. F no, that's no anything to do with that. I'm not contributing to the death of the animal there. Uh, you know, if anybody wants to go on about that and debate that. Um, I'm just making healthy habits and healthy changes. So that's that's for the start. This is why I say most vegans should celebrate the fact that KFC and McDonald's have plant-based options out there. Yeah. Where the ivory tower ones sit in their ivory tower, which are few, by the way, very few, very, very few. They only think about themselves now and think, oh, I can't go to these people. They're murdering, slaughtering all that cattle. Did you not embrace the fact that they're actually putting a vegan product on so they're actually encouraging other people that are meat eaters to actually be a plant-based eater? And therefore, yeah. less cattle will die as a result. Because if they don't do that, then more cattle will die anyway because they'll go there and they'll eat meat. Mm -hmm. But they still don't get it. They're thick, some of them. But most, you know, some people are. Some people just don't get it. They can't see in front of their face. And, and that's the, this is the habit stacking got me to be a, got me to become a vegan. This is the habit stacking got me to become, you know, to, to, to just, I don't drink. I don't drink, yeah. that's it, full stop. I just don't drink. That's my identity. So the habit stacking I did in order to do that. So the more you can make that part of your daily routine, to the better. Uh, you know, another uh, probably one example of habit stacking uh, Clear talks about in Atomic Habits book is taking one minute to meditate on pouring a cup of coffee every single morning. This connects the action that you already do with your new habit you want to adopt. So you pour a cup of coffee every single morning, and a lot of people start their coffee with that. So connect the other good habit with the coffee. Actually mm -hmm. meditate for one minute as the well. Same as the time. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think I have a television in my bath, in my bathroom? And people go, what? It's like, because I sit and watch Diary with CEO. Mm -hmm. I listen to successful people. And that's a habit I created. So I'm stuck in a habit of learning off of more successful people with unproductive time I wouldn't be using to listen and watch Diary of a CEO from someone more successful than me. It will teach me my life lessons. Jonathan Harry is actually, Johan Harry actually, is an actual fantastic psychologist. Mm -hmm. He talks about the power of the mind and how that all works, but that's one I've learned from. That's something I love learning. So fall in love with the journey, fall in love with the habit. So stack habits. Other examples you can check, checking your business email when you arrive first at work uh, or texting your spouse that you, you're on your way home after starting the car. You know, that's another habit. How could you connect? Oh, you need to text me when you're on your way home so I can get your lunch ready or your dinner ready or whatever. It's like, then you get to the door, it's like, why did you not text me? Well, actually, <laughs> as soon as you start your car, habit form it with the text. Mm -hmm. So text, start your car. So don't start your car until you text. There's yeah. the habit created. And then you'll start to go, oh, I've started my car. I'll be a text. <laughs> you, 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 could, you could fall into that right now. Just think about it. It's like, oh, my God, I've, lost it. I've started the car. I've no text. Right, I've got a text. I, I can see that habit forming yeah. just out of that, just out of me talking about it right now. So one action flows to the next and creating connections between your habits. Yes, it might seem like simple stuff. But the more you build on them, the more improvements you'll experience Keep thinking of the 1% difference 
every single day you can make. The habits. Yeah. How do you think people become runners? They don't magically spring off the couch and go, I'm a runner. <laughs> they, they say, I'm a runner, and then they go and start running. They go and start walking. Well, how I became a runner is I started on a bicycle. So I started on an old broken down bicycle. I actually started cycling with the guys and I said, there's no way I'm going to buy a new bicycle until I know I'm going to do this. Because I've learned the lesson. You go out and buy all the new gear and then three, two weeks later, the honeymoon period is over and you're done. And you spend all that money. Richard, you've got a brand new bicycle sitting in the shed. Yeah. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> How long has it been there? Uh, about three years. I've been on it once. Absolutely. There you go. Habit stacking, habit forming. So you don't just spring off the couch and go, I'm running. I started to run. I started to cycle on the race that I got into it. And then I got a decent bike when I started, oh, yeah, I'm going to stick with this. And then I started to go, okay, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind running again because I went to cross-country run at school. Uh, mm -hmm. More so get a sky from everybody else and just walk and stuff. And get a fag every now and again. It was <laughs> when you were walking because you were out of school. But I did cross-country run. I loved it. I did, I did love it. Um but I, and I wanted to get back to that, but there was no way I was ever going to run straight away. So what I did was I went out and walked, and then I started to speed walk with a friend, and then we started to speed walk ten miles on a Sunday night, and then I started to think actually I've got a wee bit more energy now. I could actually feel like running every now and again. Now he wasn't there at that time, and I would go. I tell you what, I'm just going to run to that next lamppost because I just feel like it. So I'd go and run to the next lamppost. Elaine used to come out with me sometimes. She never ran. But I'd run to the next lamppost. And then I ran back to walk with Elaine again. So I just to get that energy, because I felt the energy mm -hmm. building up. So I just ran to the next lamppost. And then I thought, I can actually run to the next lamppost as well. And I pushed myself a wee bit more. And then I walked, I ran back to Elaine again. Or I waited on Elaine, and then we walked further on. And that's how I developed to run, to be, becoming a runner. See the systems and processes I put in place in order to become the runner? That I wanted yeah. to be. And then one morning on a Sunday, I put on the telly and I saw the Brownlee brothers at seven o'clock on Channel 4 in a triathlon. And I went, holy shit, I could swim. Mm -hmm. I used to love swimming. Now, I can cycle and I can run and now I can swim. And I thought, I could, I could, I could, I could, I could do triathlon. I'm going to give this a go. Looked up local triathlon club. Hey, come along. Find out what it's all about. Start to learn to swim with them. A couple of triathlons. Job done. I have seen people like that all the time coming yeah. to triathlon clubs that think they can. I can guarantee you every single person out there can do a triathlon. They don't believe it. That's the problem. Yeah, you need to believe in yourself. You need to you identify need to, with it. You need to identify. I was just going to yeah. say, yeah. They don't identify with it. They don't identify with themselves as a triathlete. Do you know we took about 70 or 100, actually over, I think it was over 300 school kids or something, over, over something like that, over the schools over the season. And we actually gave them a tryout for the triathlon for the first time with the Northeast Fife Triathlon Club. Um, um, and we actually gave them a tryout for the first time. It was a huge positive impact on their on their well-being and their actual mental capacity. Because a lot of these children said, there's no way I'm going to be able to do a triathlon. And we actually just got them doing one circle around the pool. Mm -hmm. And they came out and they walked around Duffus Park and Cooper. And then they got on the mountain bike and they went around the mountain bike in Duffus Park and Cooper as well. And I went, immediately, you're now a triathlete. Because you've, just, done, uh, just a small you've done swim, bike, yeah. run, back-to-back -back each other. 
doesn't matter about the distance. You are now a triathlete. You can call yourself a triathlete because that's what you've done. And all the kids were going, oh, yeah, I'm a triathlete. <laughs> and and it'll give them that, yeah. The positive feedback with that was absolutely amazing. And the, the inquiries we got with the Junior Triathlon team was amazing as well. And, yeah. and that's the fundamental difference. I do not, I'm wearing a London Marathon t-shirt here. That's not for sure. I actually, actually, and there was how how on earth could I do the London Marathon? I did the London Marathon because I went, I'm going to have to do it for chest, heart and stroke because my friend died at 55-year-old, got up one night, keeled over, massive stroke, switched off the machine the next day at 55-year-old. Yeah. I could not believe it. Devastated. And I thought, wow, there's no way I'm going to do that. I need to be super healthy. That's yeah. why I said, I am not drinking alcohol. I am going to be a vegan. I am going to, I'm going to be athletic. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do it right I'm going to look into it. I'm going to research. I'm going to do it how it should be done and not, you know, how you get people that are super healthy, but they drop dead, right? And yeah. they drop dead because they're not healthy inside. They're maybe, they can maybe do all these healthy things, but their system isn't healthy. So you have to make yeah. sure your system is more importantly healthy as well as you as what you can do. So it's all about your cardiovascular system and everything else as well, and your heart and your lungs and yeah. your, you know, everything that comes with it. That's how you learn. That's how the systems and process. So you get there by this is this is probably what I want to try and achieve. How am I going to do that? What systems and process do I need to put in place to do that? So that's how you do it. The strategy holds true when trying to break bad habits as well. If you're trying to break the bad habits, like lose weight, remove junk food from your house, um, so it's easy to stay on the path you've chosen. That's the sort of things you've got to do as well. You have to do that. You have to do it because you, you'll, you'll fall back into your ways. If you can't do that, at least the very keep temptation at your sight if you're trying to do that, like losing weight and removing junk food from your house. Uh, and this way you can create the, the friction that allows to break in the bad habits. So just yeah. as you can create good habits, you can break bad habits by doing that. Yeah, and I think in order to change atom atomic habits, as we've discussed, uh, provide an easy path to change. And ultimately, that's what you're, you're wanting to do by creating yeah. positive habits. And like in the book, Jim, obviously, I'll have explained that the key to changing behaviour is to make it easy, as easy as possible. So why take the bumpy road when there's a smoother path that leads to the same destination? Mm -hmm. Don't make things harder than they need to be. With a bit of planning, foresight, uh, you could eliminate obstacles before they become a problem in your path to change. Absolutely. Um, you can also make building new habits easier by coupling them yeah. with, with the rewards. This is where the rewards are important. This is why we talk about rewards, but no big massive rewards. It's like, you know, yeah. there's people that like, well, we do know a couple of people. It's like, you know, I've been in business for a year. I'm away on a big, big, massive Monte Carlo holiday. It's like, you've only been in business for a year. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's no, that's no, that's no, that's no the right size of goal you should be treating yourself with. You know, Ben Lane's a classic example. Ben's, Ben's been, you know, Ben's a real hard worker. He puts a yeah. lot of graft in. And I noticed the other night he was at the Ivy. Mm -hmm. That is a nice manageable reward. Yeah. It's like a, a night out of the Ivy. With your, with your partner. That, that is a, a, an appropriate reward. That spurs you on. It's like these are wee manageable habits and rewards that you can get to get to, yeah. the, get to there. So, and make it easy on yourself. You just said it there, a smoother path. Inch by inch, life's a cinch.
how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. <laughs> one bite at a time. You, don't, you don't eat the elephant all at the same time. I never used to get that thing, you can. People used to say to me years and years ago, my mentors, Jim, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And I used to go, what? Eh? What, what does that mean? Well, uh, just imagine stuffing a whole elephant in your face. That's not going to happen. But you can actually, you can consume an elephant just taking bits of it and just eating it a, bit, a bite at a time. And that's what you have to do. Walk before you can run. That's probably key as well. Walk before you can run. Uh, you know, a lot of people out there try to run so fast, so quick, straight away, and then when it doesn't work for them, they give up straight away and go, ah, it doesn't work. It's like, but, but that's that's not the way forward. That's not what you should be doing. Um, so that's the key thing, the key here. You can also make new build, building habits easier by coupling them, as I said, with the rewards. Uh, give you some, uh, you know, the, the 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 things that you, even saving, if you're saving up as well, um, save up and, you know, save up to certain goals that you want and, and save a certain amount. The habits, here's the habits every single month. I've been saving for the last 20 years about 800 quid a month. Now, that plan I had stopped in January. Did I stop it? No. I still do it every single month. People go, oh my God. It's like, you've why, got do that habit. why do you know just, why do you, because I don't, I don't need it because all my, all the things I do don't need £800 a month. And I've certainly not got any desire to spend £800 a month on crap. Yeah. Because I'll just go, what a bloody waste. That's why when we go to Spain and it's like we've got the carts and we've got the welfare, when we're out in the Caribbean and we've got them that we're wanting to do with them and we've got community places and, and you know, we've got around Fife and I want to do something with them, um, I could do it because I've got the money to do it. That's what it's there for. It's not really there for me. It's there to help other people on their journey. I'm a great believer in if you can, you must. Yeah. I don't, you know, if if, if there, there'll be people out there that will no think like this at all, but this is just the way I think. This is the way I've been. This is my mindset, how I've developed over the years. If you can make an absolute fortune in what you do and you're able to monetize what you do, and you could do it extremely well, and you don't have the drive to do it, because oh, what would I do with it? Do it for someone else. Mm -hmm. Make the money for someone else, then, if that's the case. It's, you know, I, I, I see people, you know, you see people with that. I've got all this money, I don't know what, hey, give it to somebody that needs it. <laughs> I know, yeah. Don't, don't, oh, but... I might need it later on. I didn't think so due to your circumstances what I can see right now. You'll ever, ever need that money, ever. Go and help somebody that really needs it. Mm -hmm. Go and help a food bank. Go and help something else. Go and do that. Go and, if you, I've got loads and loads of time, but I just don't know what to do. Hey, go and volunteer at your local food bank. That'll bring you down to earth. Yeah. That'll make you realise how blooming privileged you are and how well off you are. There's loads of people out there like that, and I could get on my blooming soapbox and talk about this forever. <laughs> but I tell you what, these people out there, the entitlement culture, it gets my goat. And by the way, if you don't want anybody to get your goat, don't tell them where you tied it up. But sometimes people get my goat. And and, and it's a it's it's the entitlement culture. It's like, you know, it's like, oh my God, go and spend go and spend a six or seven months in Kenya and see how they live. Yeah. Go and spend even, even the Caribbean. We go to the Caribbean and it's, oh, it's wonderful. And all these beautiful resorts. 
these people are only educated till 12 years old. And then after that, they've got to pay for their education or they're not educated at all. That's how most of them have no jobs. And most of them are very unskilled at what they do because they don't have the money. And then they have to pay for their own medical. All, the, all of it. How on earth do they survive? These people, when you see poverty like that, you'll never, ever take anything for granted ever again when you see that. But this yeah. is how this is what this can develop for you. So it's whatever it is to you. It's, a diff it's different stories to me. It means a lot different to me. Whatever it means to other people as well, it's entirely up to yourself what you think and what you can build for you. And, and while atomic, you know, while these habits, can, we can summarise them and emphasise that the, the need to make things easier on yourself is the key here. The importance is to try it out instead of only reading about things and only watching this. If you keep watching this all the time and keep listening to this and keep going on, oh, I've got great motivation, I'm going to do this. I'll tell you what, in, in two or three days' time, this will wear off. Mm -hmm. You have to get the motivation from within and that comes with the dream that you paint in your mind about where, where you want to be, where we'd like to be and what you want to achieve and what journey you'd like to take and how much enjoyment you're going to get out of that. That's the key. Yeah. The object of the exercise is not to be happy for your whole life. It's to help other people be happy. Because you'll be happy. A lot of people won't realise that or think yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's to help other people be happy. <laughs> if you help other people be happy, you will be happy. Yeah. And could you imagine if everybody else helped everybody else to be happy? They would all be happy as well. But we're not taught like that. No, I was going to say, in an ideal world, that's how it would be, but... We're not taught. We're not taught on social media like that. Social media doesn't encourage that environment. Social media encourages take, 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 give, you know, I want, 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 likes, 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 comment on what I do. People use it as a as a, as a a dopamine hit every single time. Then, you know, that's what they do every single time. Everybody goes, God, Jim, you're always on social media. How's that then? What's that all about? It's like, this is a necessary evil. And I genuinely say that because the, yeah. it's the most effective way I can get my message out Reach to people, people yeah. out there. The day I don't need it is the day I will I've disappear from social media completely. The day I don't need this to put the message out yeah. is the day I don't, I, I'll, I'll just stop. It's not done. We're done. I've got no desire to sit and, oh, everybody like my post. It's like, I, 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 I don't even care if anybody's not listening to this. <laughs> and nobody's watching it. It's great because other people will get encouragement yeah. out of what we're doing and hopefully it'll, it'll inspire them and help them move forward. Yeah. But I, and, and, I, it doesn't matter. It's just you and I talking. It just so yeah. happens other people are tuning in. Yeah. And well, as I was going to say, as we do know, there, there are people watching. And I think to summarise from Atomic Habits from today and to help make building new atomic habits uh, and changes easier, practice habit stacking, have a clear view of your identity, connect a reward, like you said, but with a habit, Jim. And yeah. I, I mean, not some big uh, extravagant reward, but reward yourself at, at some point and, and connect it to your habit. And create situations that increase chances of your success. You couldn't have said it better. Perfect. Like, let's go. To, let's go to the. Yeah, let's do questions. Socials. Let's go to socials and see what they've got. Cool. I've got a stream of stuff on here. It's no. It's no. It's just loads and loads of people that have joined because you know about you know when you go to TikTok about about six or eight hundred people actually see it, but they're jumping on yeah. and jumping off. Uh, Dave Mintz. Hi, Dave. Um, you know, Dave's maybe not tuning in now. He's maybe he's maybe jumped off now. 
Oh, somebody actually said, I think you're wrong about the, how wealth is created and how wealth it, recreate, it recreates itself. I could only I could only say from my point of view, you know, yeah. how it how it happened for me, and and who am I to who am I to say that James Clear is absolutely wrong in atomic atomic habits? <laughs> you know, these are and who am I to say that all the people that came before me are absolutely wrong and how wealth created? Because the only thing I'm doing is I'm I, most every single person all they do is a form an opinion based on what the knowledge they've gained from everyone else that's come before them and then they put out their version of that truth who am i to say they're wrong who am i just but a small person it stood on the shoulder of the giant that's a nice diplomatic answer isn't it it was it was jim <laughs> you done I'm, that one way i'm <laughs> feeling profound tonight <laughs> Um, okay, a few non nothing to do with this. <laughs> uh, you know what it's like. Yeah? Uh, thanks, David. I love this. I love this discussion. Uh, fascinating. Uh, yep. I like David. We're getting very, very well. We did a show with David and Simon Whale um, about yeah, um, yeah. success. Um, and some of the you know rising stars says computer says no. Okay then, bye bye. <laughs> um, here we go. Here we go. Let's see if we've got anything else. Uh, somebody says, "Can I buy you a pint, uh, Barry Dodge?" Um, again, um, can I buy you a pint? Have to be and buying more, no mortgages on my two properties. Um, I could, Barry, I, I could actually just message me direct, or you know. Um, you'll find me on the social media channels anyway. You'll be on my YouTube channel or you'll possibly be on my, my social media channels in terms of Facebook. You can message me direct uh, and I'll put you in touch with the right people. I, I mean, you can discuss mortgages for me all the time you want, but the reality is um, it has to be a professional mortgage advisor you need to speak to because they'll take your circumstances on board and then they'll give you the right advice uh, and as, as, as adhering to the legislative process. Um, I could tell you what I did based on, on what I did, but then you would, you would still have to go through that process in order to uh, be approved or, or know what mortgage is right for you and your circumstances. Uh, that's the that's my professional opinion, uh, absolutely. I've always given things to others. Yeah, Barry, well done, even when I've not had it. I had Linton Osborne, the classic example of a selfless person. Now, Linton Osborne, for most people that know him, he, Linton Osborne started out as an Elvis impersonator. He's a fantastic singer. He knocks it out of the park. This guy should have been Elvis, by the way. Um, but he knocks it out of the park every single time. But he's an absolutely fantastic singer. He's a fantastic guy as well. But this guy will give you his last penny to help people. See, in, see when we had lockdown, uh, he was on actually raising funds for people that couldn't afford their power and their meter and stuff like that. You know, and saying, look, you know, no bother, I'll give you 30 pounds. Now, I know Linton is in a similar situation sometimes because the, the gig economy is it, he's in. Yeah. And he's like, he, he'll give away his last penny. And I'm like, oh, my God, Linton, that's, that's amazing. And, you know, that's that's the type of people, uh, the, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth is the old expression. And, and the old government as well is those that, are, that think they're first will be last into heaven. Is the expression in the Bible? Not, I mean, I'm not religious as such. I, I know there's higher purpose up there, 
or whatever whatever that may be in its connotation, its forms, and other people have their own opinion. But the very fact of, I love that and the fact that the people that think they're first will actually be last. Yeah. And this was, I think this was the Sermon on the Mount, um, which is actually true. And the meek shall inherit the earth is probably right. Um, uh, yeah. Thanks, Barry. Um, uh, okay. That's it. That's us, guys. Um, hey, just, no, we're just going to. Just before you go, obviously, Gary, you've been watching all the way through, I think, Gary. Gary's just said at the end, habit stacking, pairing is key for me. Uh, for example, his coffee and his daily stuff, uh, yeah. stuff off the, every morning and the Wealth Creation show. And he does his 50k on the Peloton while he watches. So. Well done. Uh, 50 Peloton, fucking heck. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's an achievement, Gary. Well done. Yeah. That, that's, uh, that's 30 miles. Yeah. That's 30 miles, effectively. That's a, that's a, that's a good stint uh, on, on, a, on a Peloton, anyway. Um, anyway, that's us. Yeah. All questions answered. Everything gone. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed this. Hopefully, everybody yeah. got some information out of this. This is the key here. Uh, and uh, and thanks for doing this with Richard. I know I know this takes your time out as well, but I, I really appreciate you taking your time out to do no, this. No, I enjoy doing them anyway. You know that. Uh, we'll be back to next week to twelve thirty anyway. Yeah, Usually. we're back to normal time next week, twelve thirty uh, on Monday. And, and we'll see you then. Bye bye okay. for now. All right, cheers, Jim.